0: Welcome to A Voice from the Hills. I'm James Warner, co-founder of Silicon Hills Wealth Management here in Austin, Texas. Our guest on today's podcast is Kevin Lozer. Kevin is the co-founder of Planning. Both Kevin and Roger Pines built Plan into an award-winning fintech solution that helps individuals and advisors alike deal with tax planning with a forward-thinking mindset. Kevin's joining us today to talk about the tool he and Roger built, talk about his journey toward his career as a financial advisor, talk about the passion required to hit the reset button, and to talk about his role as a father, founder, and fiduciary. So please join me in welcoming our special guest, Kevin Lozer.
1: James Warner is the founding partner of Silicon Hills Wealth Management and the host of A Voice from the Hills podcast. All opinions expressed by James, his co-host, and his guest are solely their own opinions and do not reflect the opinion of Silicon Hills Wealth Management. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon as a basis for investment decisions. Clients of Silicon Hills Wealth Management may maintain positions and securities discussed in this podcast.
0: And good afternoon, Kevin, and thank you for joining us.
1: Uh, Thank you for having me, James. I'm looking forward to this.
0: I guess we should start by congratulating I me. Mean, you got your 10,000th download in April. Is that right?
1: Oh, 10,000th, 10, uh, 10,000 advisors using this, the software. Yeah. Wow, man, yeah. that's
0: pretty cool. And, and it was really cool how you guys tied it to the, the charitable donation to no kid hungry and uh, man, congrats, man. How, how did you, how did you come up with that idea? How did you, how did you think about celebrating your success in that, uh, in that way?
1: Well we, we wanted to give back. so we realized it was a, it was a milestone that we were really proud of um, and couldn't have done it without all the, the advisors from the very beginning, even um, even the you know including the ones that were beta testers and telling us how you know how to improve the software in the very early days before we even had a product that uh, could be sold. Uh, so we wanted we wanted to do something that um, we were very excited about it. Uh, but we wanted to give back as well, um, and to, to thank everybody, uh, f- for helping us in, in the success date. Well, and, a really cool you know, way we, to we celebrate
0: we, a milestone and congratulations yeah. to you guys. That's, uh, that's, that's a lot of traction in a very short period of time.
1: It's yeah. Thank you. It's, it's been a, it's been a great ride so far. We're looking forward to the, the ride to continue, but yeah, um, we certainly, um, we certainly found product market fit quickly and, and the, the product has resonated uh, out there in the market for sure.
0: So let, let's take a step back from Holista Plan really quick. Let's, let's talk about you. So you graduated from Penn State.
1: I did. And, yep. and it
0: seemed like you're just reading your writing. It seemed like you had kind of a calling for financial planning, but maybe financial planning wasn't, wasn't ready for you. Maybe a little too salesy or whatever. So you joined Marriott. That's, and travel around the world. What, what was that like?
1: Well, yeah, looking back, Marriott and, and that job in particular, those two jobs I had there uh, were absolutely phenomenal for a 20 something kid out of college. Right. Um, you were I was traveling around the world, uh, visiting hotels and, and other businesses that Marriott ran at that time. Uh you, know, you get to see all parts parts, parts of the world I haven't been back to, um, China, Australia, Costa Rica, um, and then tons of cities across the United States. So absolutely phenomenal opportunity for a kid that didn't do any travel growing up. I grew up in a relatively small town and had been on an airplane one time in my life up until that point. Uh, so it was a little daunting at first, uh, but it, 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 great experience, Marriott's. Uh, you know, obviously, uh, pretty much everybody's heard of Marriott. They're a Fortune probably one hundred or a Fortune fifty company. So great onboarding, great training program, uh, just great management training group that I was a part of, and and that's what we when, were doing. You think I was back in-
0: to it. What was your what was your favorite spot?
1: Oh wow, uh, Costa Rica was pretty cool. <laughs> uh, we, we we had a, a courtyard hotel there that was basically part of a coffee plantation. So that was really neat. Um, I loved experiencing China uh, for a week and a half that I was there now we were mostly in Beijing, so didn't get to go around too much, but that was definitely a great trip uh One of my favorite cities honestly though in in the United States is, is was Chicago. I went to Chicago at tons of times and absolutely loved going to that city. It's just a cool yeah, it's
0: it's almost impossible to have a bad time in Chicago. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And so so you are really savvy with your finances early on and and that kind of helped you eventually make that career change. I'm curious, what did your financial goals and what did your financial plan look like? I mean, you're working with Marriott, but you've kind of got this passion for financial planning. You know, how, how did you structure your finances to help you make that leap in the future? Or did you did you just do the best you could and kind of yeah. hope things worked out?
1: I, I I definitely, I I think the biggest thing we did, and and this really started in my late twenties when I, when I got married is uh, we, my wife and I were very much on the same page when it came to finances and that page included, Hey, you know, we don't know when we're going to have kids, um, uh, but we want to have the flexibility if, if we can, that one of us could stay home if that made sense. Uh, for the family and f- and for whatever we were doing, so from the very beginning of, of you know late twenties when we got married, we decided we were in essence going to live off of one of our incomes uh, as much as we could. Uh, so even when we bought our first house, while we were pre-approved for a much larger mortgage if we wanted to because of we were dual income, no kids at that time, we decided mm-hmm. let's buy a house that we could afford the mortgage if one of us wasn't working. Uh, and then that allowed us for several years because, uh, we were dual income, no kids for, for first six, seven years of our marriage. Um, that allowed us to bank and save and invest, uh, you know, almost a a whole other salary. Uh, and, and that's really what I, I think if I could pick one thing that it was, it wasn't, it wasn't necessarily that I, you know, ran my plan through a financial planning software or spe- even specifically knew that I was going to change careers when I was in my late 20s. I was climbing the corporate ladder. I was in my late 20s fairly happy uh, um, climbing the corporate ladder. I didn't necessarily have intentions to to completely do a reset and and change careers and go, go from making what I was making to zero for a little while. But- we wanted that flexibility and, and I think all the decisions we made financially, especially on the expense side, the budget side, revolved around, hey, let's let's try to live off of one salary the best we can.
0: And so now you've got that financial flexibility, you've kind of made those sacrifices and now they're paying off in in the ability just to give you more opportunities to consider more things. And so you decide to make the leap, you decide to go do what you love. How did that? How did that kind of play out when you and Amanda were talking about it? What What helped you make that decision to leave the corporate world and and, and go back into personal finance?
1: Yeah, uh, one was uh, uh, Amanda, my wife was was working. Uh, again, we uh, we were living off of either one of our incomes at that time, so that certainly helped. That that provides a tremendous amount of flexibility to to start over again, which is basically what I was contemplating doing uh, because I I knew, and we didn't have kids at the time. uh, So it it was, it was either going to be that time or what we discussed was, you know, maybe I do it. You know, as a second career in my, you know, follow the early retirement type of track where I retire early in my late fifties or early sixties from the corporate world after, you know, a 35 year career and then do financial planning and start a business at that point. But it was something that I, I decided I wasn't really waiting. didn't wasn't interested in waiting to do and okay. we could afford to do it. So I, I took the plunge and, and signed up for the CFP program at, uh, Georgetown here, which I, I, I'm not too far away from, uh, and got the ball rolling on networking in the industry, trying to figure out how I wanted to get started.
0: And and so you get started, and then you fast forward after after a few years, I guess, and you make another another reset uh, to kind of start your own firm, uh, which is is it Oaktown Financial? Is that
1: uh- yep. Oak, Oakton Financial, yep, which is and just named after a, a neighboring town here.
0: Yeah. And so you decide to do that, which is kind of another reset in and of itself. Is that when Holista Plans started to take shape?
1: It was about six to nine months after I started Oakton. Um, and, and yeah, it, it was a similar situation for that reset. It was actually, so I worked for the same firm, the, the only firm I worked for before that. Um, a, a fee-only advisor and, you know, small, he was a solo planner with a, a couple part-time people when I started there back in 2008. Um, interesting date. My, my, my start date actually was the day that Bear Stearns announced bankruptcy. So uh, not exactly great timing necessarily <laughs> to, to change careers and move from the, a corporate world to, uh, to becoming a financial planner. Although I'll tell you what that next year, Um, and you know, that was going right in the heat of the financial crisis, boy, did I learn a lot and, and learn how to deal with clients emotions, even though I probably wasn't quite ready to, to deal with all that. I was new, I was still learning the business and learning financial planning, but starting with a a small organization like that, where it was, it was one advisor, basically I got to be in client meetings relatively early on and, and, and have the advisor that I was working for and eventually partnered with mentor me and and see how he reacted, see how he answered questions. So that was, while it was, at first it didn't seem like great timing and I was kind of like, "Uh uh-oh, what did I do? It definitely, um, I, I learned a heck of a lot in that year that maybe would have taken three or four years during normal market conditions. So yeah, looking sure back more. on it, it was one of the
0: worst, best things that ever happened to me. Right?
1: <laughs> That's right. That's right. But yeah, fast forward, then ten years later, 2018, um, uh, just decided that it, it was probably time to move on from that partnership, and and I was interested in starting my own firm and doing a few things slightly differently. Uh, so did that in, in mid 2018. But you know early 2019 started to think about this idea around holistic to plan and, and started bouncing Roger and I started bouncing off uh, ideas off one another. Roger had left his firm in 2018, six months before I did. He left in early 2018. I left midway through 2018. So I, I kind of knew what he was had been doing for the past year. Um, and it was software related. It wasn't holistic to plan, but it, it, it was it was something in the financial planning space software related. So we connected in early 2019, and, and that's really when we, we got moving on the, the concept of Holista Plan.
0: So fair to say you brought kind of the scalability issues and just the tax planning, you know, the, just the tax planning hurdles that we all go into to the relationship, and then Roger brought the tech?
1: Well, Roger's a former advisor too. So we, we were at first putting our heads together from both having lived the problem of doing tax planning manually. But then, yeah, Roger, in addition to being a, an advisor, uh, also is a self-taught coder. So he, he he started, similar to me, he has a similar background where he started in in corporate in, with software companies and, and being a consultant and then got into financial planning in his early 30s, just like I did, uh, and then did that for a decade, just like I did. And then we we both shifted gears and, and started Plan.
0: And so, was it always the idea of Holista Plan in the beginning to be a standalone product that you might offer to other advisors, or was it, or did it start out as just a, a solution for you internally?
1: No, it it did always start as something that we we thought we would be able to sell to to other advisors. So we definitely had. Uh, business inclinations from the very beginning. Like uh, Roger Roger wasn't an advisor anymore at that point. He was trying to, to and had been spending um, about a year or so trying to figure out what his next business was going to be. And I uh, w- was recognizing that maybe I didn't want to build a large RIA. And w- we had this idea about scaling financial planning via technology and software. So uh, that, that's how we really... Got started, but but from the very beginning, we 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 were using what we learned from not only our respective firms, but being involved in NAFa, um, and that's how Roger and I met actually back in 2015. But knowing peers in our industry were also dealing with the same struggle, uh, we we thought we could so build something. That could solve the state, but
0: you guys just managed to crack the code a little bit.
1: Yeah, yeah, I I think so, uh, um, and. From the very beginning, we got our friends in the business uh, that we've known for many years to to beta test and tell us what was working, what wasn't working, um, what was helping, what what wasn't helping. Um, The very initial products, actually, um, that Roger and I worked on back in February and March at the very, very early days of 2019 – wasn't tax related, and it wasn't. It had nothing to do with uh, the OCR technology, where you you as the advisor get to upload a re, upload a return and get something. It was data entry driven, and it was actually more on the insurance side uh, than the tax oh, wow. planning so,
0: side. So Holista plan in itself was a little bit of a pivot.
1: It, yeah, we pivoted pretty early. Um, w- once Roger kind of put the first prototype together, again, it was on the insurance side it was a lot of fields to enter data for and, and we were both thinking, well, who's going to do this? Is it the advisor? Is it the, is it the client? And then I was like, I don't think anybody's going to do it. Um, But (laughs) I had, I had um, been involved in an angel investing network for, for quite a number of years and saw a business that pitched that group a while previously, that was not in the OCR space, but it it gave, let me mention to Roger that, Hey, The technology is out there now, and I didn't know what it was called, but the technology is out there now where you should be able to take a picture or upload a document and the data gets extracted because I had seen something like that similar um, where you take a picture of a photo ID of your driver's license and you can get a quote. Uh, So I said, what, what about that? That way we don't have to, the advisors don't have to enter data or a client doesn't have to enter data. And then Roger, Roger's the give him credit, he's the one that kind of went back and did a lot of research and, and figured out the OCR technology. And that's, again, kind of like we were talking about earlier, um, once that was sort of the game changer. Um, was, was yeah, when I mean, to me, would... that's
0: the, actually the hallmark of a Holista plan is that ease of data transfer. It's that, it is the OCR. It's like, just let's just scan this. And then all of a sudden we already have work product. I mean, we could manipulate it after the fact, but you know, the, the idea of, I think there's this, you know, there's this period of time between committing to do something and getting output. Uh, I don't I don't know r- really what it's called, but the holistic plan is shortened that period to almost nothing, right? I, okay. I commit, I want to do this. Let's, let's go. Okay. Let's scan it. And now we have something. I mean, there's a very, very short window of, uh, of upload time. I think that's maybe one of the hallmarks of it. I think my favorite piece is actually kind of that evaluation piece that you walk through. I I call it the means test gauntlet. Uh, but it's, it's, it's really helpful in that it's one of the first, uh, one of the first metrics that I've seen automatically put in place that takes somebody through their return and talks about all the things that they may qualify for or may not qualify for mentions them and then very briefly says yes no maybe um and to me that really for for clients who've really gone through it i mean that is the one moment where they go wow there are a lot of things at play here in this tax return that maybe i didn't you know maybe i didn't realize Uh, right and so how did all that come into place did when when you started was it just computational in this in, you know, was it just the computational things or how did you decide to go in and add those different, uh, aspects to it where you had kind of that qualitative evaluate, you know, evaluation, uh, standard that you get with the program?
1: Yeah, it, it started, uh, with, with, Roger and my idea of, it was just that bullet point observations that are at the bottom of that report. Um, and, and it was, rudimentary it wasn't really a deliverable at all it was really more of an expert system where you upload a document and you get actionable observations or things to at least consider it was again going back to to thanking our beta testers and and early uh, adopters it was feedback we received from from some of our friends in the industry industry that said yeah this is great fascinating but I'd love to be able to put something in front of a client and, and turn it into a report, uh, and that's when Roger and I went, kind of went back to the drawing board a little bit and said, "Let's let's create a deliverable out of it." And what would be on that deliverable? What are all the things that we thought about and worried about and, and uh, tick and tied to when we were when we would manually review a tax return? And the one you're referring to is I think that MAGI thresholds and all the various things, you know, like what are the limits for Roth conversion or IRA deductibility and net investment income tax. That was something that both Roger and I in our respective firms, we, we had, I had like this little uh, cheat sheet of all the various brackets and, and all the various limits uh, that I needed to be aware of. And I would have to just manually look at my, rudimentary Excel spreadsheet and see what their taxable income in. And, and, and quite honestly, unfortunately, sometimes incorrectly calculate MAGI in my spreadsheet because there's six different formulas for yeah, MAGI. there's
0: about six or seven different formulas. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right. Uh, kind and, of easy and, to miss it
0: if you uh, just do it offhand.
1: Right. Yeah. So, uh, so, uh, you know, th- again, w- w- this all kind of the premise was we were doing all this stuff manually and quite honestly, in hindsight, not a hundred percent accurately. And when you identify those opportunities and that's, that's exactly what software is built for and created for that, that thing that you're going to do, that repetitive process where, where you're going to get similar results every, or you want to look at similar statistics or similar results every single time.
0: Yeah. And the other thing I noticed is that we tend to segment our, our tax planning into the problem of the day, you know, is is it a Roth conversion? Is it uh, you know, are, are we looking at taxability of social security are we looking at Irma? What, what are we looking at? Right. And so we tend to look at those things through a silo and your program was the first one that, yes, if I want to look at it as a silo, that's fine. But you also have all these other things that come into play at the same time. And I think, I think that's a huge component because I I think most people that are dealing with their taxes are dealing with either a, a CPA or a tax preparer who is for, for lack of a better word, just kind of bound by the past. I mean, they're always looking at that last year's return because that's what they're supposed to do. I mean, they're, you know, their, their charge is to build a correct and accurate, and full representation of the client's taxable year for the prior year, and they would come to us for the forward planning, and, and maybe they would come to the CPA for the forward planning on a, you know, what, my, what would my retirement contribution be if this, and it, how much, why did I pay so much in taxes, you know, can I you know, is there is there an offset for these capital gains? Am I paying twenty eight percent? Am I paying twenty? What is QBI? I mean, <laughs> there's always these like these these one these one or two things that come up, right? But those things were hardly ever explained in a comprehensive fashion, where you could see that maybe they all interrelated. Maybe my Roth conversion decision wasn't something that was made in isolation maybe as i'm making that i can also think about you know these other things that are at play and and i think that's the the hallmark of your program because what it what it does is actually a very a very good compliment to to the cpa who's really trying to get that accurate representation it's a really good it's a really good curation of information for the advisor who's trying to forward plan. And it makes it very easy to share between the two. Uh, And so I think you've given us all the tool and the ability to be successful and how we use it, I guess, is the, you know, is kind of the Holy grail of whether or not it's, it lives up to its potential, but I think the software itself is just fantastic. So congratulations to both you and Roger for, uh, you know, for what you've done.
1: Thank you. Appreciate um, that, James. And, and yeah, you're, you're right. It, we've built it um, with the intent and, and the way I use it in my small RIA, I've got a handful of clients, is a, a collaboration tool with the CPA. It's, it's not uh, something that we're doing in necessarily instead of the, the CPA or trying to compete with the CPAs. I work with every one of my clients' CPAs, um, show them what I'm doing in HolistaPlan and say, hey, do you agree with this? Uh, and this is the strategy I'm thinking of doing. And it's often, we, we need to do that as advisors because oftentimes the CPA doesn't know what the financial plan is for their client. To your point, they're looking to make sure their job is, is fundamentally to make sure that they don't uh, come across the IRS, right? That, that they do the tax uh, the, the tax preparation correctly and they're looking backwards and and they've been conditioned for so long to also do whatever they can to save money in ta- in taxes in this year right or sometimes though a Roth conversion right it, that's that's money you're you're choosing to pay in taxes you're bump you're increasing your taxes this year to do a Roth conversion um the, the to be able to convince the CPA to kind of take that type of different approach requires the cpa to understand what the overall financial plan and the big picture reason is for all of that and that's where the advisor and the client and the cpa can be working together to to collaborate on that bigger picture
0: so as you utilize this as both both a financial planner and a developer of the product what's what's your favorite piece of functionality of holistic plan if you could only use one piece of You'd only use one section. What would it be?
1: Yeah, good question. I would. I, I'm gonna. I'm gonna cheat a little bit and say two, because uh, well, one I'll is give you three. all right. One is the upload process, right? I, I think my, one of my favorite parts about it is the fact that I can just upload the PDF tax return and I have all of that data entry, bit, in essence, completed for me. I haven't had to enter a piece of information, so that's the first piece. But then after that, uh, what I use. The most is the, uh, what we call range calc screen, the range calculator. That's part of the scenario analysis tool that will show you, hey, if I add income to this given year, to, to the scenario that I've built, where do I come across certain phase outs and thresholds that increase my marginal tax rate by a lot of times a number, a lot much larger number than I anticipated. It, it identifies all of what, what Michael Kitsis uh, often called the tax torpedoes, I think was his terminology. The, sure. the hidden little things in the tax code that is more than just the bracket that you're in, uh, whether it's NIIT or I won't get into all the acronyms, but there are lots of different ways that a tax rate can sneak up on, on a consumer and go from 12% to 27% just like that with with $1 uh, of additional income. Or you mentioned IRMA. You go across an IRMA threshold. You go $1 over that IRMA threshold, and now you're paying higher Medicare uh, premiums two years from now. You, you can't go backwards on that, and it's $1 difference. So being able to see that in a picture in the range calc screens to make sure that I'm not over- overdoing a Roth conversion or, or underdoing a, a donor advised fund strategy or whatever it may be that, that to me is, is, uh, the most beneficial part of the software.
0: So now for the most part, you've kind of got the federal 1040 nail. I mean, it's a, I guess not the most standardized document in the world, mm-hmm. but standardized enough for the OCR works. Mm-hmm. Uh, are there plans in the works to, uh, to bring that level of standardization down to states, are there any particular states you're working on as you're, you know, as you're going into the process? Are you starting with the larger states, or is there is there even a even a plan to bring that? To, what what does the roadmap, I guess, look like for a list of plan going forward?
1: Yeah. So as it relates to states, we made the determination that the 44 different state tax returns are different and not standardized enough to try to use OCR technology to read that data in. But the good news is that in almost every case, every state, uh, they're starting with a federal number. And in a a lot of other cases, there aren't tons of additional state nuances associated with um, needing to read in all of that data. So what we've decided to do, and it's still in beta, we're we're gonna be, We have lots of advisors using it though uh, in in beta, but we're gonna uh, launch it here soon where everybody's gonna be able to use um, the scenario analysis screen at the state level too. Um, So we'll pull in the federal numbers uh, that we're getting from the federal tax return that are related to that specific state tax calculation. Uh, The the advisor may have to enter uh, three numbers or maybe a handful of numbers that are state specific to get to the state tax liability. But we've streamlined it enough where we're still, we still feel we're being true to our original mission and objective of getting advisors out of the data entry process uh, by streamlining that state tax calculator engine enough where they just need to enter a few pieces of information that are state specific and we're going to give them the state tax liability.
0: And so will they be able to, like if somebody's a non-resident versus a full year resident or maybe they have like a professional athlete who might have, uh, you know, allocated, uh, time in each, in, in multiple States. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, will the advisor be able to go in and, and actually do something to that level?
1: They, so we're working on making that more streamlined too. They would be able to do that even now by going into the household screen and changing, running a bunch of different scenarios where they change the state for that client. So right. they'd have a, they'd end up having a bunch of different households for that athlete in that example that are all have the same seven or eight
0: different households underneath the one athlete just to to get that data. But it's it's gettable, right? It's gettable.
1: Yes, uh, exactly right. Yep.
0: Well, that's very cool. Now, of course, we have the elephant in the room, and that's Congress. <laughs> uh, so, so what happens when you know there's a significant or even an insignificant tax bill? I mean, I know. I know Jeff Levine's always great about putting together those, you know, you know, multi scenario memes that he puts out on Twitter to tell us, you know, how we're getting screwed by the new tax legislation. <laughs>
1: um, yeah, that was so great.
0: Two, two point question here. How do you, as a company, uh, respond to that? Cause obviously you got you have to change your, you have to, you have to change your system when the law changes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then two, what's it like working with Jeff Levine?
1: Yeah, it's it's great. So so you, you're right. We, you identified uh, gate number one for us, which is uh, Jeff lets us know when things are coming down the pike from a, a congressional and legislation standpoint, and helps uh, digest all of that for us. Uh, and, and then it's up to our product development team. Then then pretty much depending on how much changes, like Jeff and and Roger, and we've we've got a couple other folks on the team that are digesting it and seeing how it impacts our calculations or our observations in product. Uh, And then once that's determined, we then decide, okay, is this big enough changes where we need the entire product development team to stop what they're doing um, and start coding this stuff? Or is it something that a subset of our team can do and we still get it out there? Because one of the things... We've been adamant about and, and have delivered on from the very beginning is when there are those types of legislation changes. And there, there's there been several, the CARES Act, the SECURE Act, uh, the one, I forget the name of it, that was at the end of 2021. Um, we are, are adamant about getting that into our software in the shortest amount of time possible. And so far, we've done all of those every single time. It's been less than two weeks that we've had everything coded in our product re- reflecting the, the, the new legislation. Or um, in the case where we've got pending stuff like the, the sunsetting of the, the current tax law in 2025, uh, we've built the ability for the advisor to go in and, and uh, see it both ways. So, that, wow. I mean, that, that's the process. Yeah, so stop, from, stop everything. From and, the time we've them.
0: got new tax legislation till the time you're live and ready to go is two weeks
1: it has been thus far. Uh, yeah. Now if, if legislation, wow. if there's a whole nother rewrite, then, then who knows, but yeah, so far that's no. the case.
0: Well, I know past performance isn't indicative of a future <laughs> result, but still, I mean, that's, that, that's shockingly good. I am, I'm amazed. Uh, awesome. Awesome word. Yeah, let's let's you. change gears for a second and talk about your work with new Dominion angels. I, I was kind of interested to learn, uh, a little bit about that. I guess maybe that actually did play a role in, in the OCR development of, of Holista plan, right? Um, uh, yeah. what have, what have you learned from working with the group? And are you active with, uh, private equity and, and seed funding, angel capital, stuff like that?
1: So I am still an, uh, a member of the group. I started with that group back, uh, when I was changing careers the first time back into financial planning, uh, the, the managing member, the founder of that new Dominion Angels group was actually in my CFP program curriculum at Georgetown. Uh, and ever since he, he's been a, a friend and a mentor of mine, uh, he asked me in 2009, he knew I was uh, at that time transitioning into financial planning and, and working part-time. So I did a little moonlighting for, for the group that, that he was just starting, uh, helping with due diligence of the startup companies that were pitching to, to the group. And at that time, the group was only 10, 15 people, if that. Um, but so I, I, I was actually working for them for a little while moonlighting and then became a member a couple years after that and have been a member now for a decade or so. And yet, you know, it, it it's been instrumental I'd say in, in my experience with Holista, starting holistic plan and, and growing holistic plan over the past couple years, Seeing hundreds and hundreds of startup companies go out there and 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 trying to raise funds through through angels, uh, seeing what was working, what wasn't working, how they looked at their business, how they expected to grow their business rapidly. Uh, Seeing both the things that worked and didn't work was was very helpful, and, and, and help helped Roger and me determine, you know, what did we want to do from that standpoint uh, for, for the business? Did we want to go down that fundraising route or not? Uh, all of that uh, experience helped a great deal. Having the network and the the mentorship that I've had from, um, particularly the the managing director has been tremendous being able to bounce ideas off of, off of him. Um, again, and he's someone who's been an entrepreneur and sold a company. So, uh, it, it's been, it, I, I tell some folks around here that are thinking about joining, you know, it's, it's not necessarily about investment returns. Um, at least my experience has been the biggest benefit hasn't been investment returns or, or, or getting a, a big ten bagger, you know, type of investment out of, out of uh, investing in a startup, it's really been the learning that I've gotten out of that, and and the networking that I've gotten out of that. What I've learned more about what a startup is and and how to how to build and run a startup has been the the most um, beneficial thing for me.
0: Yeah, because it is a unique mindset and skill. It's not something that is is just readily you know, available to most people. I mean, you kind of have to learn it. You kind of have to think things through that, you know, think through that lens of, you know, uh, of private equity and and risk-taking and it's, uh, it's kind of interesting. So that, I think that's one reason why we don't see as many, you know, financial planners or accountants or or people like that who come up with solutions uh, to problems. I think that's one reason we don't see them take the next step and try to make that, publicly available it's just that the just just the foreign nature of actually you know doing something like that is uh is a is a big hill to climb so I was kind of interested to see that in your background uh, so let, let's talk about hitting the reset button you've done it a couple times you think you've done it for the last time or you think you'll be hitting it again
1: uh, i i th- i think i've done it for the last time um yeah it's uh it, this has been so much fun. Um, and, and I, you know, still having a toe in, in the waters of being a planner, too, right? Because I still do have the, the RIA where it's, it's just myself. I, I, I foresee doing that for a long time to come, um, keeping, but probably, you know, as a, as a lifestyle business, uh, keeping it small, just because uh, I enjoy the subject matter. I, I enjoy working with a, a small group of clients so I foresee doing that, uh, for a very, very long time and, you know, holistic plan has been, I mean, it's been such a great ride we're having a good time. We've built, you know, it's in, in, less than three years, we've gone from just me and Roger doing everything to 27, uh, team, team members. Uh, we just all got together for the, f- we've grown by like, you know, 10, 15 team members over the past two years, each year, And and every year we get together. We bring the whole group together somewhere. We did it in Austin actually uh, in July, at at Lost Pines. Um, Oh, very cool. Yeah, had had an absolute great time meeting half the company for the first time in my case. Right. I mean, of course, we meet them over Zoom and have conversations with them, but actually being able to uh, have face to face meetings and hang out with with everybody for a couple days that really brings home. the, the fun that we're having and, and the excitement that we have to continue to, to build uh, this company uh, in, in a way where, where we're continuing to bring people on board and continuing to get the word out because um, we've still only scratched the surface when it comes to the number of advisors that are out there in the world uh, and the ones that are using our software. We, you, we started this uh, conversation with you know the 10,000, number, the number of advisors that we had using the software as of April or May. And, and now that's, you know, closing in on 12,000, but there's hundreds of thousands of advisors out there. Right. Uh, yeah, you're so, still,
0: you're still just, uh, maybe you've gotten through the early adopters. I'm not, I'm not sure if you have yet or not, but, uh,
1: yeah, yeah, we, have got, I'm a, not a sure a what, that, what
0: that number is, but you've got, you've got a ways to go. I would imagine. So, so you've accumulated some labels over time, father, husband, founder, partner, and fiduciary. I think those are all that are, you know, all labels that are important to you. What, what do these passions mean to you and how do they kind of coalesce around each other as you, as you go further into your, you know, into that, you know, into that journey as a, as a founder and a partner and father, husband, all those things are kind of dynamically changing over time. How do you, how do you nurture each one of those passions and give it the right attention and, and the right, uh, the right place in your world?
1: Yeah, that, man, that's, a, that's a great question. That's a deep question too. Uh, I hope I'm doing a good job of it all. Uh, I, I, you know, you mentioned another word there, fiduciary. Um, and, and I think, you know, that goes back to my career change. Uh, I, I knew from the very beginning, I wanted to be a fiduciary. Um, and, and I think that word though, can goes over all those various labels, right? Um, father, husband, partner, Uh, you, you, oftentimes you need to maybe sacrifice a little bit of what you would ideally do if you were all by yourself, um, or what you absolutely would want to do or think you you should do and work, work it out with, with your partners or or spouses or in kids, uh, and put, put them first. Like you're doing as a fiduciary advisor, you're putting your clients first first. And that, that's always above your own interest. And that's always resonated with me. And I'd like to think that that's maybe the tie that um, I, I use across all those labels. Trying my best. It's, certainly no one's perfect. I'm not either. But I, I try my best to make sure I'm um, doing what I th- think um, is also in the best interest of those other parties, whoever they may be as well.
0: Well, wow! What a great answer. I loved how you uh, how you tied that all together. It was kind of a tough question, and you really nailed it. So, <laughs> Kevin, thank you so much for uh, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, you know, congratulations to you and Roger on everything that's going on with List of Plan. Next time you guys are in Austin, though, we definitely need a we definitely need an invitation. We'd like to come uh, come join you guys and meet the team. But uh, thank you so much for spending some time with us, and we appreciate what you're doing.
1: Uh, thank you, James. Appreciate the invite. This has been great. And yeah, you, we will definitely let you know when we're in Austin. All
0: right. Thank you. And that's a wrap for our podcast conversation with Kevin Lozer. Kevin, thanks so much for joining us. And thank you so much for sharing your vision and passion that ultimately led to you know the development of Halista plan and bringing it to market. It's just another example of how necessity is truly the mother of invention. We hope that you all enjoyed our conversation with Kevin. If you did, please subscribe to our Voice from the Hills podcast. We are available on all podcast platforms Apple Podcasts, Spotify, you name it. Uh, If you'd like to learn a little bit more about Silicon Hills Wealth and and what we do and how we service clients, please check us out on the web at siliconhillswealth.com. And we want to remind you once again that we so much appreciate you listening and sharing our content because we can only do our best work when you are here to listen. Thank you.